Hello and welcome to episode 13 of The Misanthropod. I'm Snipe and I'm with The Wiblet. Yeah, hello. And I'm with The Drama Mat. Hello. And yeah, we're here to do talking in your ears. Uh, so what have you been up to, Drama Bot? Um, bits and bobs. It's been a while since I last recording. Um, since you last recording. Since... You can tell because he's literally forgotten <laughs> English. Is that what I said? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't tend to talk in between the recordings. I save it all up for for now. So. You just lie there, staring <laughs> on your <eternally>. couch, <laughs> staring blankly at the ceiling. Every time we offer you anything, you deny it. Flies yeah. landing on your open eyeballs. I mean, you do keep offering me things to put in my body, so you can understand the slight hesitation. Well, yes, we should probably put that in a slightly different manner. <laughs> oh, this is off to a fucking great start. <laughs> um, I've been good. I've been good. Got back from holiday the other day. So oh, all right for summer. I yeah, um, I've, as per usual, played no games. <laughs> I'm, Excellent. I'm getting quite worried now though because it's. I feel like it's borderline. I can't even call myself a gamer or like, you know, some. I think calling yourself a gamer is a bit of a naff term anyway, to be honest. But like, I can't even consider myself a gamer anymore. I think because it's so rare that I get time to play games now. Well, gaming isn't a is... thing you do. It's 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 a. State of mind, man. Like Yorkshire. It's a state of mind. <laughs> <laughs> and gaming has puddings. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, but no well, you, games. You've been, like, super busy, so I think yes. you're allowed. Um, watch some films, though. Um, last night, What We Do in the Shadows on Netflix. You've told me it's very good, yes. but I haven't got around to watching it's, it. No. It had a budget of about, I think, 56p. Okay. Approximately. Wasn't it kickstarted, actually? Was it? Oh, I didn't know that. I heard somewhere that it was, it was crowdfunded, I'm pretty sure. I may be entirely wrong. Citation needed. Okay. <laughs> well, I, don't, I think everyone should... It's on Netflix, so everyone who has Netflix, it's only an hour and 25. So if you want a short film to watch, yeah. go well, watch it. I mean, the last thing you suggested to us was Stranger Things, and we went and binge-watched that, and that ah, was fucking awesome. Yes, we should so, talk yeah. about Stranger Things, actually. Yes. Ooh, spoiler cast. We should <laughs> tell everyone to watch it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Without yeah. spoiling. In fact, everyone go watch Stranger Things. We like, will pause wait. now, go watch it, and then come back. Yeah. You I'm won't still not going to spoil it. it, just in case. No, no. We'll definitely We, we might spoil it next episode, because we fucking, we fucking yeah, told we, you. Yeah, we give people homework. Go watch yeah. Stranger Things. <laughs> That sounds fair. Yeah. That's why people listen to podcasts, right? <laughs> For the homework. homework. Yeah, to yeah. be told what the fuck to do. <laughs> um, yes, what we do in the shadows. It, very, very funny. I don't want to spoil it too much, but I think just saying that it's made by the same people who made Flight of the Concords sums it up quite well. Fucking New Zealanders. <laughs> so if you, if you like that sort of humour, it is the best. If you don't like that sort of humour... It will v- confuse you a lot for about an hour and a half, and it's still worth watching. Okay. So either way, it kind of works. When did it come out? Not that long ago, I don't think. Well, I don't know. I, it was a friend recommended it to us, mm. and because it's on Netflix, I didn't. I don't even know if it was at cinemas, to be honest. I don't think it was a Netflix thing, but it, it might have been a straight to sort of DVD or straight to streaming mm. or something. I'm not sure. Um, it's very good, very very funny. I've seen mm. it three times now. I kind of want to watch it again to show you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yes, go watch What We Do in the Shadows. 
Okay. Very good. It's on Netflix, so you can watch More it. More homework. No, that isn't necessarily homework. We won't speak about that. Whereas Stranger Things, I feel like at some point we will speak about, mm. but I don't want to spoil it. That's so I don't know point. how long we have to wait, but I think it will happen at some point. We'll yeah. talk about it. Whereas yeah. what we do in the shadows, there's not much to talk, talk about, really. So just go watch it, because it's good. Okay. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Um, what else have I done? Went to the cinema, saw the new Bourne film. Oh, it's... the Jamson Bourne films. <laughs> Jamson Bourne. Oh, I don't fucking know. They're all blending into one, just like jam, yeah. so... How was it? <laughs> <laughs> it was... I think this is going to, we couldn't come back to this phrase, but aggressively average. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. It was moderately entertaining. About I think it was about two hours, and I think an hour of it was car chase. And the hour of it was people looking tense, walking quickly. Was this literally just like the first hour, <laughs> solidly a car no, chase? No, and then that the mixed second... up a bit. Okay, a bit. okay. It was, I mean... Because that sounds like that would be kind of entertaining. It's exactly what you expect from a Bourne film. Shooty, shooty so, bangs, still yeah, walks, yeah. With a little bit of a subplot that's going on, but not really. You don't really need to know what's happening, it's just action. Mm. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I've actually like, seen one of the Bourne films since, I think, the second one. Yeah, the first one was quite good, because it was quite... Uh, mm. You know, oh, that's quite cool. I mean, it? it was the plot of Jackie Chan's Who Am I? But, you know, without Jackie Chan, so I was kind of, I was kind of a little bit cooler on it than most. <laughs> well, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this kind of... Like, the trilogy tied up quite nicely. And then they did what should have been interesting with the fourth one, which was a different person. But the point is that there's lots of Jason Bournes, or there's lots of these sleeper agents. Wasn't it Jeremy Renner? Yes. And it, mm. was, it, has, it, it was quite a nice idea, because they were like, oh, they can continue the franchise, but without them to drag out... Because we know all there is to know about Jason Bourne, or his actual name is David Webb, which is weird to hear because that's my middle name and then surname. Yeah. So it just feels like they're missing off my first name every time they say his actual name, you, which is you, fucking weird. Are you are you Jason Bourne? <laughs> Maybe. Because you do like disappear for like a little while off our couch and then come back with like foreign Jam. hats on and like croissants and and. And Brotverse, like it's like, where have you been? And you're like, I am, I am here. I have always been here, and I will eternally be here. Is that what you do? <laughs> what the fuck? Why is he like a Lovecraftian secret agent? He I lives on our couch. Uh, I'm not sure. I am. You see, is but that maybe you, I don't know either. Yeah, that, you're a sleeper cell. That's the thing yeah. you don't know. I don't know. Maybe. So yeah, you could very well be like a spy for some eldritch abomination. For real, yeah. Yeah, I spy for real. Yeah, oh, okay. Jason Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck yeah. are we talking about? That, the, unlike the other two things we mentioned, I don't really recommend going and seeing it. It was kind of it was carrying on the story of the original. So it's got Matt Damon in it, carrying on the story of the original trilogy, which tied off quite nicely. So it kind of felt like they were sort of forced their way into. Oh, there's this other bit he doesn't know about yet. He should go find out about. Basically, they needed another yacht. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, probably need they, more they money. wanted to buy. Which, considering how many other films have flopped this summer, probably isn't untrue. Mm. <laughs> They're like, oh no, I can't meet my quota of forty-seven yachts per year. <laughs> Shit, time to make a new Bourne movie. Yeah, it was all right, but it's rubbish in the context of this podcast because there's nothing to talk about. about <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> to be honest, fair enough. It fair was enough. fine. I wouldn't really. I'm glad I watched it. You know, with my limited free thing. Mm. Um, rather than paying for it directly. So, yeah, that's about it. Okay. What else? Next on the list of average things I've done. <laughs> no, not average things. Went to see Coheed. 
Ah, nice. in Manchester. Coheed and Cambria. Yes. Oh, they're so good. They are so good. How good are they live? I haven't seen Oh, them they're live. so good live. Were they like, boners just as far as the eye can Yeah, see? they're just... And they played a... It was weird because usually they, they, I enjoy them anyway, but because it was a um, warm-up show, they played Reading and Leeds Fest. So yeah. this was like the Tuesday before that. Um, and it was just a, like a... They, they played one. I think they played one in London, but it was like two warm-up shows for the festival set. And they were on the main stage at the festival, so it means they have to play a festival set of like mm. you know, hits or whatever. Yeah. So they just played like a sort of greatest hit set, which is which is usually if I'm into a band, it's just like well, I don't really care because I like all that stuff. But it was because I've seen them so often, and usually they play the weird stuff. It was actually quite nice to see them just blast out like hit, like fan favorite after fan favorite after mm. fan favorite. And the venue venue we saw them was up in Manchester, the O2 Ritz. It's like an old ballroom dance hall something so it's got a balcony around the edge and that sounds like... like it definitely used to be fancy now it's a gig venue yeah. so it's sticky but, I mean, <laughs> but, gig venues are only gig venues if they're sticky yeah, so exactly. but that sounds like the perfect place to see a band like was, Cody yeah, yeah so we usually go up because I've seen them now there at that same venue I think four times now right <laughs> um, showing off it, it might be a thing <laughs> it might be a problem <laughs> Yeah, um, I've, I've never actually seen them live. I always meant to because um, yeah, they're very good. They're very cool dudes, and it's yeah, and everyone's singing along to everything, and it's just oh, it's beautiful. I, I always really like how they were um, the band that, se- that like secretly got an entire like generation of people into prog rock without them realizing <laughs> yeah. it, and like secretly got them into sci-fi graphic novels. Yeah, <laughs> people are like, what? I don't know that that's the thing. It's like all of the apart from the newest album. Yeah, all of the other albums are based off the comics that he writes. It's a bit insidious, really. It's like, ah, I'm secretly going <laughs> to smuggle prog rock and sci-fi comics into your brain, dumb shits. Yeah. yeah, if people aren't aware that, yeah, the, the band Cohen Cambria have a, a co- comic books that go along with their albums that tell well, this overarching story. Yeah, they don't actually have the comics for all of them yet. I think there's at least a book or something for each album. Yeah, but they're not all written yet. But he presumably he knows what mm. they're doing in his head. He hasn't written them down no. yet, it's like a, a, a better version of the Kiss comics that used to get made oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah I forgot they were a thing I, I blanked thank you. to forget thank those for that. were a thing yeah thanks yeah. I'm going to have to put a fucking warning on this before but I was it goes like, up I was actually talking about the other day like um, how Coheed the whole thing of like getting people into prog like secretly because I first heard about them uh, when they released the single of uh, Favour House Atlantic yep which is like a short, just a short kind of poppy rock song, really. And it's like, oh, that's quite fun. Yeah, I'll go buy their album. And then I'm like, oh, there's like the, the, this, this, like, I think the, it's in the opening track in, in actually in Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's what, like an like eight minute, minutes, eight yeah, minutes. an eight minute long <laughs> rock, like epic. Yeah, which has like, it has all the things, it's a progress, progressive song. And like, yeah. it has sections and it goes to the next section, which isn't really related and then doesn't have go back. That's, well, it's yeah. got a chorus, I guess, which links back. But it's got another section, then a different section, then a different section. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this is just a prog song. Yeah, yeah and the thing was, I was getting there, I was like, well, you know, I don't mind that I've bought a prog album. I just would have liked to have been, you know, involved in the decision-making <laughs> process here because I was missold this. I'm okay with it. But just, I, I feel like I've been disrespected here. No, they're a gateway. <laughs> a like, gateway to prog. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, the most recent album, which isn't part of the story, basically he had a kid and wanted to write a song about how great his kid was. Fair um, enough for His an kid's album. called Atlas, which is the best name for a kid. That's a pretty yeah. fucking metal um, name. But I think he just wanted to write some songs about how Atlas is cool. 
and how he'd miss him when he goes on tour and things. So he's like, well, it doesn't really fit with the story. So basically, they wrote a whole album about just other stuff. Hmm. And it's very, very pop-rocky. It's not proggy at all, actually. It's still really good, but it's quite... It's a little bit different, but it's hmm. still very good. <laughs> no, yes, I do need they're to very, to very them. good live, mm. if you ever get a chance. I've always found they're one of those bands, they write the kind of riffs that make you, if you play an instrument, that you instantly want to go and learn how to play that riff. There's yeah. just something about them, yeah, yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. See, I'd say they're the kind of band where you, if you play an instrument, you listen to them, and you listen to whoever's playing that instrument and feel fucking miserable. Well, there is well, that as yeah. well. Because you're like, uh, uh, oh. Yeah, most of the time. <laughs> why the fuck do I bother? While he's singing, he's like doing some twiddly guitar thing at the same time. Yeah. It's like, why can't you just play chords and sing and then... Do a twiddle when you're not singing, fine, and I can deal with that. <laughs> because but, he's one of those bastards, but, yeah, he's that's one of those why. Bastards. <laughs> also, he has glorious writer. hair. He has amazing Fantastic hair. hair. He is my favourite hair artist <laughs> in the music scene. It's <laughs> Claudio Sanchez, guitar slash vocal slash hair. So, everyone's homework again is to go listen <laughs> to Cohen and Cambria. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of their albums. Yes. <laughs> I don't think there's anything unreasonable in asking people to listen to all that music. It's not ever so slightly complicated in the order because the first, their first album is the second in the story. Yeah, and then they so they release their album order goes two, three, four, five, one prequel, one prequel, two. Okay, but it's nowhere near as bad as Star Wars. So <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, okay, your homework. Don't watch Star Wars. The later ones, anyway. Well, the latest one's fine. The latest one's fine, but then there's like the whole middle area. Yeah. Just leave those alone. Nobody needs that shit. No, nobody needs that in their life. Oh, we got a... I, I bought you a Star Wars lucky mystery bag, didn't I? <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, I, it cost 35p. I'm worried to ask. And it was not worth 35p. <laughs> it, it had, like, a ruler that had, like, a massive bend in, like, like bend in it. And it was made out of, like, the world's bendiest, like, material. <laughs> and a pencil... A colouring sheet, which on the back of, to fill in space, they had grids so that you could play knots and crosses. <laughs> they ran, yeah, because they had too much space. What, was it Star Wars knots and crosses? Well, there's an R2-D2 near it. Oh, that's fine. So, I guess it is. You just play with, like, BBA and... Um, I'm trying to think of someone who looks a bit like a cross... Uh, well, maybe you could have um, the, the light, the new lightsaber from the Force Awakens. You see, I was just going to say, just draw Kylo Ren because he's quite cross. Yeah, he's very cross. <laughs> oh, <I think. laughs> Podcast cancelled. That's on, it. On, 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 yeah, on behalf of every single person who's listening to this. <laughs> but it also came with stickers. Cool. That and a like pencil. Thirty-five p. And they were nearly all. Ba- I think everything oh. in it was was based off the original trilogy. There was no prequel trilogy and no Force Awakens. You forget, even though the the actual bag had Kylo Ren on it. You forget <laughs> right. there was one very important thing, what? which was a a bag tag. Oh, like a luggage tag. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where yeah. you were going to write like in Sharpie with your like non-dominant hand your name and age. Yeah, because <laughs> I think that would be amazing. This belongs to Matt. Age 30. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big boy. Mm. I'm a big boy. <laughs> I, like, I like it when Chewbacca does the chewy noise. That's my favourite Star Wars. So did you do anything, Matt? Anything else, Matt? Um, Nothing like buying a lucky bird. Well, I've been doing something for a few weeks. Okay. I'm okay. not sure if you'll approve. Right. Okay. We're not here to judge. We're, we're okay. very, very okay. judgment-free podcast. I've been watching mm-hmm. on television... Okay. On a Wednesday, okay. the Great British off. Right. And it is beautiful. It's so good. It's so full of old people making 
saying things like, I'd love to eat some carpet and things, and it's just fantastic. Okay, okay, you know, I'm not mad. I'm, I'm disappointed, and I'm also upset that you don't feel like you can trust us enough to just outright admit you're watching OAP pornography. If you just come to us and said that, we'd be okay. This is the kitty no, is all over You again. also get to... Hey, no, sh- Careful. I think we've always caught up with the episode where that happened. So. <laughs> because I asked her if she listened to them, and she said, I've listened to a few, but I haven't got that far. Why? And I was like, oh, you'll probably know why. <laughs> Stop listening. And she's like, oh, now I have to keep listening. <laughs> Just keep saying that so we have a concurrent listener. <laughs> At least one person listens to these. Well, my brother does. He was like, oh, you know what you said like said about this? I was like, I didn't tell you that. And he was like, on the sounds report. I was like, <gasps> word. Oh, my goodness. My brother literally has a life outside this house. That's so weird. <laughs> he doesn't live in my house, so I really hope he does have a life outside this house. He's just had a baby, so his chances are he does. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. Yes, bake off. It. Oh. You stop swearing at me. <laughs> oh, my God. Bake off. <laughs> it is fantastic television. If anyone doesn't know... Um, it's a Brit- British program, obviously. Great British Bake Off. Um, it's it's kind of like X Factor style in that, like you got you start off with twelve of them, and then every week one of them gets like voted off, and they're just baking things. Okay, that sounds and it is like the most rubber. pleasant, like middle class nonsensey <laughs> television, like with very little substance to it. With grandma's eating carpet, apparently. But it is entirely full of innuendos. Which is just, they're just fantastic. Well, since that's about 60% of British humour. Yeah, that makes exactly. sense. Um, it's Big Brother carry on with, with cakes, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. They sometimes make bread and they make lots of other baked goods. I, I want that like, on the DVD <laughs> that they release of Drummer Matt. They sometimes make bread. <laughs> I heard wow. that there was some controversy about Jaffa cakes. Uh, it's not a cake or biscuit thing, is it? No, no, that's bullshit. Because that's bullshit. Yeah. Jaffa cakes are cakes. Fuck off. Yeah. That's what they're called, Bajaffa cakes. Yeah. Bajaffa, Bajaffa cakes. cakes. Apparently they're called Bajaffa um, cakes. I don't know. Was there controversy? They I made Jaffa cakes. Um, I, I saw stuff over Twitter. I didn't look too closely no. because they were talking about the Great British Bake Off. I mean, quite a few I, people made them wrong, which I don't understand. I think okay. that was the controversy of yeah. some of the people making them wrong. Well, the guy who made them most wrong in that he made them upside down or put the sponge the wrong way up. I know him. Oh, which is the bonus for watching it this year, because um, he's someone from work. Oh, okay, um, oh, which cool. is quite makes it weird to watch now because I've watched it ev- not every day. I think it's like the seventh or eighth season of it. Really? Jesus. Yeah, it's been going for ages. It was on BBC Two, so it had a less, and it's been getting more and more popular. And they moved it to BBC One a couple of years ago, and that's when I started watching it. Mm. Um, they tried it in America as well, but it didn't really work. They made a local ver- like an Americanized version of it and it didn't really work. But apparently the, the British version is shown over there and it's quite popular. I, I, they changed the name though, didn't they? So it's like the Great British Cooking Show. I remember like someone no, talking about that because like, <laughs> Bake Off sounds like it's like it's to do with drugs or something. Um, it, it, was, it had some weirdness yeah. about the name so oh, they had to change to it. to be baked. Yeah. yeah. I think it's that might thing. have been it. Yeah. I don't think that it's not, people don't really use that phrase in the UK I don't think. No. Right. I think that's more American so that would make sense if that was the reason yeah, I guess. Yeah. That's what I, I mean, that's what I heard anyway. It's a bit daft to change the name. Well, that, but... a bit, yeah, but ugh, whatever. Yeah. I'm not an American broadcasting company. It's, it's the more you describe it the worse it sounds, but it's just weirdly satisfying television. <laughs> Are you going to say sexual? So, well, it is slightly sexual. <laughs> yeah, the amount is that, is of that like, your, your spank material like of choice stuff. right now? It's, yeah, and it just makes you so every week you want we sort of we have 
in the daytime Ruth makes something so we can because you want to eat cake while you're watching it because you can't help but not and you're just like okay we need cake now is it just secretly an excuse to eat cake well partially <laughs> is that why people think it's so good because it's like well I gotta have cake yeah. oh it's biscuit week we better make we get better go get some biscuits mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah that's very British I don't yeah. quite it actually speaking of British television I actually watched something that was that was a, Brit- a piece of British television uh, recently <laughs> Because uh, Robot Wars recently had its series, mm, uh, like a new yes. series. Yes, um, I see. I saw the first episode, and I haven't seen any more. I've I've watched everything because the grand final happened. I was it. I can't remember if it was last week or the week How before. How many episodes was it? It was six episodes. Okay. Um, and do you have no opinion on Robot Wars? I, I I I'm not interested <laughs> really in Robot. It is giant it's... metal robots fighting. It's each Robot other. Wars. Like, <laughs> not to like. Oh. A weird fact about Robot Wars. Mm? Someone at work is on it. Well, that doesn't <laughs> surprise me. I, I so am not surprised. With, yeah, so that's weird. The two shows we're talking about. I know. Well, I don't know this guy. I just I know someone who knows him. You know yeah. of this man, <laughs> yeah, which is weird. Yeah, no, it was uh, that. That was that was quite good. Um, yeah. The only the only problem was that a lot of the like returning people that you would have expected to see weren't there. Because okay. you would have like I was I was waiting the entire time to see uh, Rex Garrard come back with something because he made um, Recyclops and Cassius. Who, uh, okay. Okay. Well, I'm not interested in Robot Wars. Recyclops is a fucking fantastic <laughs> oh, yeah. name. Well, it was it was made out of recycled things, and it was like a, a weird dome thing that had a big <laughs> one big eye on it that had like, a, a tongue like came out oh, of it that had yeah, a flipper on it. Yeah, I remember that. Okay, you don't have to sell. I would. You had me at Recyclops. Yeah, but the thing is, uh, Rex Garrard, the reason why I always remember his name is because not only did he make that, but he, but his like, day job, well, one of the things that he'd also done in his life, he made Brum. But, oh, Brum! Yeah, which I don't know if, I don't know how much anyone else will know, but it's like an old British um, yeah, kids' it, TV show of a, of a tiny sentient car that was, like, remote-controlled so that they could... No, no, no he wasn't remote-controlled. He had a soul. Well, okay, he was alive, but he was built by a guy called Rex Garrard who then okay. entered Robot Wars later on. Did he on. En- ever at any point enter Brum into Robot Wars? No, Brum, oh, Brum. Oh, Brum with like fucking flippers <laughs> and flamethrowers. No, yeah, I would have loved to have seen Brum fight Hypnodisc. Yes. That would have been amazing. But yeah, Hypnodisc didn't come back who'd won it a couple of times. Mm. Um, Razor was back. Razor was back and got knocked out near instantly. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Considering it's like that had won it that had won the, the championship a couple of times like in previous seasons. Um, and I think it was Thermidor came back. Um, Isn't that the one by Ashen's cousin? Yeah, Ashen. That's right, Ashen's cousin. Yeah, yeah. who, who uh, uh, runs the Thermidor one, which looks like a lobster. Lobster Thermidor. Yeah, um, and I know Behemoth. <laughs> yeah, Behemoth came back, um, and I think there was a few people who who entered new robots. But yeah, there wasn't mm. as many returning people as I would have expected. That's fine. Um, but you've got to mix it because it was. At the end of the day, it was cancelled because people weren't watching it. So oh, I guess yeah. you've got to mix it up a bit. Actually, one well, there was one um, real improvement because um, the sort of weird things like because there's like a weird internal meta of Robot Wars, right? Like early on, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like early on, wedge shaped um, robots did really well because not everyone had a self writing yeah, mechanism, yeah. so wedge shapes were all over the place, and then um, that met, and so basically when everything got a Shremek. Which is what they refer to and what they call a self-writing mechanism in that. What? A Shremek. Shremek. Yeah. I've never heard that. Term. Yeah, no. Guessing it's the okay. abbreviation just yeah. 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 self-writing mechanism, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but once everyone started getting those, then wedge shapes went out. 
and eventually you still see some with flippers now it's like they flip something and every single robot can write itself yeah so it's like what what are you trying to do here yeah but the the interesting thing was because after after eventually um hypno disc came in which had a huge horizontal spinner like disc on it that just decimated and ripped everything apart so that meant everything armored up to deal with that and so then it got to a point where everything could flip itself back self-right itself and had really thick armor so it became more about outmaneuvering. It's, it's slowly become more about outmaneuvering each other, and that's the one thing I noticed about this series is that having the best robot has been just like having a good robot has been just as important as being a good driver. Mm. And there's been a lot of really, really good drivers, and it's actually been like really fun to just watch the fights pan out because oftentimes you'll see like two two flippers um, who both have really high powered hydraulic flippers that can. Both have the power to be able to say flip another opponent out of the arena entirely. <laughs> Which that now they've now got bigger walls on the arena, so that's yeah. quite impressive. Like before, anyone could flip anyone out. Yeah, like they've got big walls now. Did you see the one with the? Um, it was a really rubbish one with like a chain weapon, and it had like two little tiny bots that sort of. Yes, launched. it was in the first episode, or maybe the second. I can't. I think, I think it was the first one, um, and it was terrible, but. Some of those, you saw in the background of some shots when it's filming the main robot, some of its little baby side robots just get completely launched. Because yeah. <laughs> they just went like metres and metres in the air. Well, I, just, yeah. I don't want to, spo- I won't spoil it by telling you which robot this is, but in a later episode, one of them with a really, really powerful flipper not only flips a couple of people out of the arena, but manages to flip three of the house I'm robots. I'm sorry, a couple of people. <laughs> yeah, every time you say a couple of people, I'm oh. just imagining him <laughs> the drivers. Yeah. <laughs> what, a couple of robots. Now, I'd watch it if that happened. <laughs> also, at one point, one of the spinner weapons is so powerful that it actually tears an entire panel out the side of the is arena. That carbide? I think it might have been carbide. Because carbide yeah. was in the first episode, I think. Yeah, it was, It was yeah. just... When it starts getting up to like, it takes ages to warm up and get up to speed, and it starts whirring at the t- proper high speeds. And you're just like, that is gonna damage everything. Whatever hits that is yeah, not gonna last. It just sits in the middle and waits for them to go to it. it pings off. Yeah, but no, I really enjoy. I really enjoyed the mm. series. I I wish it had been longer. Yeah, because sure. it's, it's a, a bit short. Only six episodes. But I did still really enjoy it. It was a little bit of my childhood that yeah, came back, definitely. which made me happy. But without Craig Charles. Yeah, but oh, I can't... Craig Charles isn't it? No, I thought that, that they had the original announcer. Yeah, the original uh, commentator uh, yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but no, not Craig Charles. No, it's he's um, it's Dara Brain is the presenter now. Dara Brain is a cool dude. Yeah. Although hearing him um, in a very thick Irish accent pronounce some of the names of the robots is, is <laughs> yeah. fascinating, especially like... when it's like really like like the the name will be like I'm, I'm really trying to remember because there's like one in particular where it's. It's all R's. Er, er, and er, and er, the er, Irish er, accent er. doesn't have R's, it has airs. <laughs> so. <laughs> Literally what I just said, but it was funnier when you said it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Dara Brun is fantastic, and I want to see him pronounce all the robots with airs in their name. Oh, yeah. yeah, you should watch Robot Wars. Uh, yeah. I think I'll just watch Dara Homework Brun. for everyone who's listening at home. Oh my god. They're going to stop listening. <laughs> stop giving them homework. It's on the BBC iPlayer. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to talk about, um, Matt, before I just co-opted that entire thing to talk about Robot Wars? No, 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 no that was a, it was a good segue. Okay. Shall I carry on talking about what I've yep. been doing? Yes, then? go for it. Yes, what have you been doing? I've been, I've been doing Star Trek. You've been doing Star no Trek? Way. Yeah, so a few... A few po- I, th- I think it was the last podcast, I think it was the one before I mentioned that I was getting through Deep Space Nine. 
Yeah. Uh, watching through the entire run of that. I've and seen I, what you've been doing. You've been going through all the Tumblr blogs that ship Quark and Odo. I'll get to that. I'll get to that. <laughs> Don't you worry. So I, I, so I watched the rest of, of Deep Space Nine and um, really, really enjoyed it. Um, if it wasn't for Next Generation, it'd be my favourite Star Trek run. Yeah, but TNG is kind of perfect. See, the thing well, is, kind of. I think there's a lot of nostalgia about it, because like, yeah. I really, really like Next Generation, but when Deep Space Nine hits and has a really good episode, it's a really good episode. Like, just, just to pull, like, two really notable ones that I can think of. There is one, I think it's in Season 5, which is Trials and Tribulations, which was done for the 30th anniversary. And Is this DS9? Yeah, Deep Space Nine. And basically they end up going back in time to the episode, uh, The Trouble with Tribbles, from the original That's series cool. of Star Trek. And they superimpose them into it. Oh, nice. And, they bas- yeah, yeah. and, and basically someone's taken them back and they're going to try and kill Kirk and they're trying to stop him. And try and basically to make sure the timeline doesn't get wrecked. But because Star Trek has this really cool thing like about its continuity where everything in like ori- the original series and like the original movies and everything... They don't really retcon any of that. It's just that's just the old versions of technology. So mm. say hyper, like there's episodes of like um, Next Generation where they'll have an old ship that's from like original series era or just a little bit after it, and its transporters still make the old noises, things like that. Yeah, that's cool. Like everything, yeah, yeah. it's not that things get like that the technology changes per se. It's just it's just a later version yeah. of it. And if they use an old version of it, it'll still sound like that's the old cool. one. And so they go back and it is they are literally on on recreations of the old sets, <laughs> and it's it's a very it's, it's very much a comedy episode, and it's just basically just a big celebration of what's cool about Star Trek, of, all, of everything that's silly, <laughs> everything yeah. that's silly about it, but everything that's the the fun of it. And, yeah, and yeah, it's really that's a really really good episode. Conversely, the opposite of a comedy episode, and I wish I could remember the name of it. I think it's in season six. There is an episode where Cisco wakes up and believes himself to be in, I think it's the 1960s, as a sci-fi writer. And oh. he's writing about Deep Space Nine. This episode is fucking fantastic. Mm. And he he's basically deal, it's dealing with all the prejudices that he has to deal with as a black guy in the 1960s. Where he's working for the sci-fi thing, but as far as all the readers are concerned, he's white. And there's like a female writer as well, and as far as everyone's concerned... She's a man, like she has a male um, pseudonym, and like this, this, they're saying like right at the start. Okay, so uh, people are going to come in. They want to know what all the authors of the stories look like. So you know, you know, Cisco and it's um, I think it's Kira who's well, they're, they're playing different names, different yeah. characters. But you know, the woman that played Kira, which is Nana Visitor, because no one in Star Trek, yeah, it's her real name apparently. Okay, Star- uh, people like who uh, who play characters in Star Trek have really weird names. Gates McFadden. Colm Meany. Um, okay. And the guy that plays Bashir, Christ, he's got... His name is about two, like, sentences length. He's got a very long name. <laughs> yeah, I he, can't remember it. It's a... It's... Um, I can't remember where he's from originally. But yeah, he's got a really, really long name. And it just got... Eventually, he just started referring to himself in the credits as Alexander. Because it's easier. <laughs> like. But... Um, but no, so it, it's all it's all about um, segre- segregation and how hard it is for him to deal with that. And yeah, the, the photo thing, they're like, yeah, so the woman and the black guy, no, you should just not turn up for work to work the day that they want to take photos of us all. Because as far as everyone's concerned, you're you're both white men. It's uh, really interesting how they basically... Because sci-fi, for me, is always like basically talking about equality and 
very progressive things. Yeah. So like uh, like Star Trek, like the original series had black people on the crew who were equals, like Uhura. Mm-hmm. She was a black woman, and they were like, oh yeah, she's she's our colleague. And well, that was what Gene Roddenberry wanted. He wanted yeah. a, a big, um, diverse cast of people, show, basically to show uh, an idealised version of version of humanity where we all prejudices had kind of dropped mm-hmm. away. Exactly, and I see sci-fi as a big, th- a big thing kind of talking about that, like accepting our differences and not giving a shit as well. Mm. And like, and to see they then basically take away the starships and and the the silly foreheads and ears and just straight up go, this is about racial politics and segregation and sexism. It's just like, wow, okay, you fucking went there. Yeah, I mean, it's impressive like, for, for Star Trek to have an episode where a character drops the N bomb. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was fucking well, like. Yeah, it's oh. like it's it's like an episode. You go, Jesus Christ! Like I like. This is you, you're just not expecting it, mm. and you go, "This yeah. is really well done," and yeah, it doesn't. And like the culmination of the story isn't a happy one either. So it's like, "Wow, shit!" This is they had balls to put this on TV in the '90s, and as Star Trek as well. Because yeah, normally, normally when sci-fi tackles racism, it does so with this veneer of of allegory yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, make it an alien race who's mm. yeah. something and then yeah and they can do and they can tell really good stories like that but yeah to, for it to all suddenly be dropped it's like whoa um, this was just a one-off episode yeah it was, and it was really good uh, the only down the only bad points about DS9 um, are that it's it's final series because they introduced two characters which is Vic and Esri Esri, like, the circumstances of her being introduced, I'm not going to spoil anything, but fuck you. I'm so fucking mad about that. That's just that. because you, you, there is a character that dies because you really like them. They're my favourite fucking character, and they're like, hey, guess what? Fuck you. Fuck you specifically, bitch. Like, oh, okay. But they, they introduced the, these two characters in the last season, so it means that everything in that that's not part of the overarching story, they have to focus on those two characters a lot, so the last season becomes very full of Esri and Vic. And it's like I kind of I care about all the characters. Like mm, these are the cool yeah. characters, but I'm getting a bit I'm getting a bit overdone with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. That and um, every every Star Trek has its lazy scripts um, that it goes to. For Next Generation, it was the holodeck. They'd have la- they'd basically go, okay, um, we need, we'll have a holodeck episode. Is that way you got a Sherlock Holmes episode? Yeah. Well, they, in Star some, Trek, which I mean, is amazing. Yeah, I mean, they there were fantastic. there were really good ones, but they were they were often yeah. the source of the more lazy episodes yeah. for. Deep Space Nine, it's the Mirror Universe. Because there's a, the Mirror Universe that was introduced in, I think it's Mirror Mirror, the episode in um, the original series. It's where um, Spock with a goatee comes from. Okay, it's basically yeah. the alternate universe yeah. where everyone's evil. Yeah. And every, well, everyone who's good is evil, and everyone yeah, who's yeah. evil is good. They go to that in one of the early seasons of um, Deep Space Nine, and there's a whole Cardassian-Klingon alliance. And Kira is this hyper-sexualized... Um, evil manipulative like woman and it's it's just the most stock version of a night ever 90s female villain <laughs> and it's like it's fine if when it's just a one-off but er, like it's like every season they go back and have another episode to do with it and i'm like i don't care it's really boring like if you go to other alternate realities that'd be fun but it keeps going back to the same alternate reality that's just nothing in it happens that advances the main plot line is it completely separate to the main plot or yeah, it's got it, nothing. It's not got. It's not got people from the main universe going to the alternate universe. Oh, they do. They go. They, to, they, okay. they go to that. But then, but it doesn't affect the overarching plot right. of, the, yeah. of the main the main story. So they're just kind of weird asides, and they just get really like after the, the first one. You just like 
yeah, this is kind of crap. And it doesn't help that like it's and the entire linchpin of it that goes through all of them is the Kira character, and it's. It's just that thing, and you don't really get it so much anymore, but you tended to get it quite a lot in the 90s, of that whenever they wanted to make a female villain, they'd just make a hypersexualized woman who came onto women as well, because that was just what they did in the because, 90s. Because, you know, a uh, an evil woman is, is sexually empowered. Yeah. Without getting in, into yeah. it too much. And so to see, and having that in Star Trek, which, you know, as I said, has had some really progressive episodes... Like it's just a bit. Oh, yeah, it's, but, uh, yeah. I mean, it's more. It's more. It's ju- just the fucking nineties. That's what. Yeah. That's what they thought then. But I mean, more, more than any kind of actual, like you know, moral stance. It's just really boring and lazy writing, mm. and that's just what what annoyed me. And speaking of boring and lazy writing, I then went on to what, start watching Voyager. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I think like I like Janeway. Janeway's cool. I like the Hollow Doctor. Yeah, the Doctor and Janeway are really cool characters, and. Oh. I think that's all I remember about. Well, that's because they're the two <laughs> Tuvok's best. Tuvok's really cool as well. I like yeah. Tuvok. He's awesome. Tuvok. Tuvok. He's mm. the he's the Vulcan. Oh, okay. Um, and it's it's been funny watching it because I remember watching it as a kid and really liking it. Like in the middle of my really into into Star Trek phase, my Jeez. first really into Star Trek. Phase. <laughs> I was literally about to say. And like watching it again, I'm like, wow, this is. Although the premise is very different, because the the premise being that they've been catapulted to the other side of the, the galaxy and they've got to get home, and it's as far as they're aware, it's going to take them seventy years to get but get back home. That's so, at like max warp, at max warp, with so no like stopping for anything. And so the whole thing is for them to encounter lots of weird and interesting things, but the like pro- Ferengi, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> like they keep encou- like they're, they're the the lazy episodes of Voyager so far come into season three are they just encounter something from the Alpha Quadrant. And it's like there's no... Because the Alpha Quadrant is where Star Trek, most of it, takes place. So they spend all their time... like it's When they spend so much time encountering things from there, it's like, well, you're not embracing the premise here. And all you're doing is raising questions about why is this stuff 70,000 light years from where it should be. And it's fine if it happens once or twice, but it's happened like four or five times in three seasons. And it's like, mm, you can't, you're sort of pushing it now a bit. And that and just... It, often comes across like a bit of a cheaper not as well written version of Next Generation often because it's very similar of they basically them bumming around the universe finding weird shit yeah. which is basically the plot of Next Generation and so it's, it's just not quite as good I mean it, the bits with the, the holographic Doctor and, and heavy Janeway stuff they tend to be quite fun and I did watch an episode the other day which had uh, flashbacks to when Tuvok was serving on the USS Excelsior who was Sorry, captain. Don't you mean the SS Excelsior? Well, that's what um, that's what the Netflix blurb said. It was the SS Excelsior. <laughs> I was literally like on the computer, and he turns around and goes, "I am so angry," and I'm like, "What?" He's like, "The blurb got it wrong," <laughs> and then proceeds to explain to me that it's not it's not the SS, it's the whatever. It's the, the USS. It's the USS, and I was like, "Okay, that's uh, fine." Well, the, in in Star Trek, I think S, uh, SS ships are um, like. Um, public, like privately owned ships, they're not part of the Federation. Mm. Um, so, like tr- cargo ships are sometimes put as SS. I think. Okay, no. I might be wrong there, but I think that's the case. U- but so, we had SS is what's USS done for then? I'm not actually not, not sure. Is that, is that in just United, United States Space? Ships? Ships. Yeah, I'm not sure because they... the Federation isn't the United States. No, it's so. not, not at all. I don't. You know, I should never really thought about that. I guess you they... actually stumped it. He's yeah. that something he doesn't yeah. know about hey. Star Trek. <laughs> I'll actually look that up. Oh my wait, God. Where's my prize? <laughs> I'll, I'll make you one. Um, I'll, I'll look that up afterwards. I, I, I assume they've probably got a different acronym. Yeah, at least two now. people now are screaming something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they, Sorry, yeah. people. Sorry. Because, yeah, it's the United Federation of Planets. But, mm. um, 
So yeah, I don't know what the uh, what the uh, the S the second S would or the first S would stand for. Huh. Yeah, I'll look that up. But um, but yeah, um, yeah, they got it wrong. But it meant that they uh, the episode with the Excelsior in it. They actually had George Takei playing Sulu again because oh, cool. he because it was when he was captaining the Excelsior. So that was quite fun to have Sulu in it. Oh, awesome! Because that's always nice. Anything with Sulu, George Takei is cool. George Takei is such a badass. I love yep. that guy. And I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, there's not really anything particularly interesting that happens in Voyager, but that's kind of the problem with it. Mm. Um, I mean, there are there are some very good episodes in it later on, especially. But... What about that one you just watched where um, Kez gets like mind swapped with a dictator with a dictator and the woman playing <laughs> you were just going to say with a dick with a dick <laughs> well they are a bit of a dick but like yeah and this the woman playing Kez like she's she's Kez is very softly spoken very sweet very polite and she just can't pull off the shoutiness <laughs> she's think- like ah there should be a monument to me here! And it's like, you just sound She doesn't like... sound like Rita Repulsa. I know, that's what... And it burns me up inside. It would have been perfect yeah. if she had. But it... no, she just can't pull it off. It's just like, oh, oh, honey. No. I mean, they, they never, there was a really interesting episode like in terms of premise, because oftentimes, even when the episode's not great, the premise is at least interesting. Like, there was an episode where um, a, a character called Neelix and Tuvok are in a teleporter accident where they get melded into one person. And so they become a weird hybrid of both of them. And so they eventually work out how to separate them. But by the time it's been so long since then, because it's like a couple of months, I think, right. before we're able to separate them, that that one entity doesn't want to die. Because mm. to separate them would mean that entity no longer yeah, yeah. exists. And so to separate them, they've That's got to cool. effectively kill yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And it brings this really interesting moral quandary of like, by leaving them together, effectively, you're saying, you're, you're saying that those two people are dead. Mm. And this one person can survive. But this one person isn't really a, a single person, and yeah, it's a really interesting moral quandary that it yeah, brings up. Yeah, so, yeah, that's cool. Um, but the uh, the third Star Trek thing I did is I started playing Star Trek Armada again, Ooh. which is a game from like nineteen ninety nine. I believe I never played it. Maybe I assume not. it's similar because I used to play. When was Homeworld around? That was. I don't oh, know. Homeworld. Uh, that was made by Relic, actually, who made oh, okay. um, Dawn of War. Yeah, okay. mm. um, I think I think that came out before that, so I think that might be around a similar time, actually. Yeah, I feel like it might be. Because I played that, but I never played... Because I, wa- I did watch... I think we mentioned before, I did watch some Star Trek, but I was never a Trekkie. I was never yeah. in, particularly into it over anything else. So... I'd, and then my mates played the Homeworld, so we so we played that rather than yeah. No, no. So I never played it. Is it good? No. Well, um, yeah. Um, it's I guess the best way to describe it to a modern audience is that it's very similar to to Battlefleet Gothic, but with more but simpler and with more base building. So it's the it is the Dawn of War one to Battlefleet Gothic's Dawn of War two. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah no, that, that's. Yeah, that's quite good. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a good description. Um, so yeah, it's it's like a, an RTS, um, and you 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 build your star bases and you get your ships and you, I mean, you know you just fight them. There's the, the the four races that you have are Federation, Klingon, Romulan, and Borg. My favorite race in Star Trek is Federation. Yeah, they are the best <laughs> race. Is but, it just a gameplay question? Is it two D, or is it fully? 
it's too. It's not quite like because I remember Homeworld. You could like there was a lot more depth as to what mm. you do. There is some in in Star Trek Armada. The ships can go up and over each other if necessary, yeah. but it sort of all behaves on one yeah. plane, simplistic. Because yeah. it's yeah, that's the thing. Like I like the one that's more realistic. It's three D, but it just gets so confusing so yeah. quickly. And <laughs> um, the one problem with with running Star Trek Armada is that it was like I say, it was, I think it was released in nineteen ninety nine. And so it was made to run on Windows 98. And oftentimes games that ran on like Windows 95, Windows 98 are actually harder to get running now than DOS games are. Because at least there's DOS box that yeah, can yeah. entirely emulate now, whereas you have to go the faff of getting a virtual machine running to run like 98 Have they never games. made a remake of it? Or, or Ooh. An, not even a remake, there but just is, a Steam version of it? Or, there is yeah. like a massive like wishlist thread on GOG asking for Star Trek Armada. I think there is, yeah. But yeah... GOG basically really release old games that fucking work. Steam, however, just goes, yeah, it's on here, it might not work, fuck you. Cause, yeah. Because Steam is fucking falling yeah. from grace so hard. But they, um... But yeah, so uh, trying to get it running now is really, really difficult, because the last time I tried to do it, it, it worked, basically. But the grid that appears so you know what plane you're actually sitting on, that would flicker incessantly. Uh, so you had to always have it turned yeah. off. And the audio would always cut out. Like, every every time you clicked on a unit, it's, it's like unit noises would cut out halfway. Which is the most uh, annoying thing, especially yeah, because yeah. It, it has, like, Patrick Stewart and really? Michael Dawn and uh, I can't remember the woman who played um, Sela and um, Tasha Yar. I think it's got her as well. And it's got um, the guy that played Martok. Like, it has actual voice, early actual actors playing their roles in it. So hearing hearing half of their dialogue is really annoying. But I got it running, I patched it up, and it fucking works. Nice. Except for occasionally when it doesn't, and I start up a mission, <laughs> and it's just, the screen is blank for, like, a minute. And then it, the cutscene cuts in about halfway through, and then I finally get to watch it halfway. <laughs> but considering how broken it was previously, yeah, that's so quite good. Win, Even terrible. running at 1080. Wow! By like a 1080 patch, I found. So I'm like, I'm hoping, I'm hoping I can get it like working well enough to be able to actually record some for a video. Because the big problem with it is, is that it's one of those games where the menus and the game have separate resolutions, so it's constantly flicking back between two of them, and the menus can't be recorded by Fraps; they can only be recorded by something like OBS. But then it records them in a tiny window in the top corner. It's yeah, it's complete fucking mess. Um, But the most interesting thing is that I managed to find a disc that had my ancient Star Trek Armada mod that I made on it. I bet that was fun. Uh, I made this when I was like 15. I like looked at the date and it's from like 2001. Oh, uh, miraculously, I, I can, it still works and actually seems to entirely work. Wow. Um, because, so what did it do? Well, it was sort of a combination of things. So I, I, I made a lot of stuff myself. So uh, I made a lot of extra weapons and modifications for ships to try and make things more lore-friendly. Because obviously, like, game balance was uh, was uh, more important to making it than, yeah. than being lore-friendly. And modern-day me understands that. 15-year-old me was an idiot and didn't understand <laughs> that. So I tried to make some things be a little more lore-friendly. And then apparently gave up on that idea very quickly and then just made all sorts of nonsensical bollocks. <laughs> and, and I also took a lot of stuff from other mods that I liked and put them into this one um, and got a lot of things. So what people would do was import models from other Star Trek games like um, the um, this, uh, Starfleet Command games, I think it was. And they'd take the models from those and import them, but they couldn't be, bo- like, they couldn't be bothered or didn't know how to write the actual files for them to make them work in-game. 
they just converted them to the right format to work in game. I knew how to write those, so I made okay. lots of ships work in game, and then wrote an entire thing for them. And it's it's fine, but then every now and again I encounter something that is so mind-numbingly cringy. <laughs> because yeah. this is my Captain Blood yeah. Thunder Nine Thousand. Yeah, I mean, like not not quite so, not quite that bad, but like the the the, the fortunate thing is is that I'm not entirely sure with some of it if it was me or if it's just where I got the files mm. from that had the cringiness yeah. in it. Okay, that's mm, really so, no, I really don't remember because mm-hmm. it's so long ago. So it's it's so I don't feel I, I could actually show this to people and not be horrifically embarrassed by it. Well, are you gonna tell? Because like we're all wondering what what. Some of the cringe. You okay, well, there's like one, like um, the the messages for when you are out of resources and things oh, come God. up on screen. <laughs> I ch- I apparently changed some of those, but I don't know if it was me. So you know when you run out of resources, yep. in in a game, and it'll say, "Oh, you you need more, you need more energy or whatever." Well, yeah, the, yeah. the main energy source in in Armada is dilithium. Like that's that's your resource, your main resource. There's also um, crew members and officers but they're, they're kind of a secondary yeah, concern yeah. I think was the main one um, so I, I I added things to that so it'd be like a little sarky comment after it'd say it so instead of just saying oh you need more dilithium it's like you need more dilithium in brackets you can't make something from nothing you know oh. <laughs> I'm just like oh fuck off <laughs> And the other I, one, the other I one bet I, you thought you were so clever. I at the bet time. I did. <laughs> but you felt very tough and, and um, brave. And cool. Like it was, it's, it's just little comments like that, just all like all the, all the way through it. Like there's a, a sovereign uh, refit because um, the sovereign class is the is the name of the class that is used in um, the the Enterprise E, the one that's used in First Contact, um, Insurrection, and Nemesis. Yeah, uh, that's a sovereign class. And there's like a, a version that someone had made. I don't know if it's canonical at all. Like or in any expanded universe, but someone had made a model for it, which was basically a sovereign, but with a few extra bits, like an extra in a cell down the center of it. And it was called Sovereign X for some reason. Um, and I put, out, I used it, and then it had the descriptor of like a ship designed to take on Borg cubes. Dot 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 and win. Oh. <laughs> okay, yeah, you yeah. can stop giving it examples now. Yeah, that that's really that's cringy. The, yeah. That's the level of cringe. I mean, I some, mean it could have been worse. Oh yeah, it could have been worse. So, um, there are there are a few things I'm quite proud of though. Like I managed to there was a, a ship that was in Voyager um, that I got a model of, um, and the person who originally well the person who originally made the files for it had given it phasers because um, that's just like a standard weapon in the game. Yeah. I actually went in and made the weapon that it had in the show because what it actually had in the show was it basically detonated like. Uh, mines nearby it like sort of fired these like things out which you couldn't see them being fired you just see the big explosion for it so what I did was I took the artillery shells from the game made the um, actual shots invisible and then made a texture for the explosion that looked like the one from the show so I actually oh, made cool. it behave like it was yeah. in the show so I was quite proud of that like I did little things like that that aren't terrible did but- you give it a massively cringy description uh, no, because it was its standard weapon, so I couldn't go near its tooltips. Oh, <laughs> it's also full of typos, and it's just the worst. <laughs> yeah. But what, one day, when I get, I, I manage to find a way to record it like smoothly, I'll probably convince uh, convince you into making a a video <laughs> with me about it. Maybe, and everyone can can laugh at me and cringe at me, <laughs> and I can um, just basically swallow my entire body into itself out of shame. <laughs> Well, alrighty then. Yeah. But I've talked about Star Trek for too long, so 
Snipe, what do you have to say today? What have you done? What have you been up to? I've been busying myself watching horror trailers and gameplay trailers lately. Not not playing the games. Fuck no. I, I love <laughs> I love horror games, but I'm too much of a wuss to actually play them. <laughs> I know. So you I'm just have to watch the trailers. I'm, no, I'm watching the trailers, and and occasionally I'll watch a let's play, or I'll force Matt to to play a game so I can watch him play it. <laughs> because yes, I am that cowardly. <laughs> but no, I, I love horror games. I'm just the worst at playing them. Because like, I tried to play Soma, and that ended up where, like, in the first, like, ten minutes, you get into this area, and you hear, like, something bashing on, like, a door. Like, like the other end of a door. I ran into the bathroom and shut it, and I couldn't <laughs> move for, like, ten minutes. I was so scared. And I was like, yeah, maybe. Maybe I'll try it in five years. I think maybe horror games aren't for you. No, I love them. That's the thing. I fucking love horror games. I just cannot play them. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a complete wuss lame but like when I'm not playing them I've, I'm the biggest dick pirate ever and nothing <laughs> scares me kind of <laughs> anyway I wanted to talk about some of the uh, the gameplay trailers I've seen like um, I'll probably talk about the biggest one first like Outlast 2 if you've, if you've seen anything about that game no I, I tend to not follow horror games to be honest well no I get that I have the same feeling as you when I'm playing though with them but I then don't enjoy them when I'm not playing them either. So, to be honest, well, nothing against people who do, of course. But yeah, well, Outlast two, Outlast one. I don't know if you know much about it, nope. but it was basically you're an idiot journalist who gets a tip off that something in this mental institution is is a bit fucky, and you go in and you proceed to be an idiot and film everything and never leave, and then get progressively more and more battered and scared and horrified by by you know the, the horrible depictions of the mentally ill. Oh, oh! Uh, is that um? Was it? It's the one with night vision kind and cameras. Of yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. We we played yeah. through the entire thing on stream. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I think mm. I remember that. Now, we played Whistleblower as well, which was just that was a bit too much because it, it kind of like it started off. It kind of like Outlast starts off at eleven for shock value, and it just keeps going. So like in in, in Outlast Whistleblower, there is basically a lot of sexual violence and implied sexual violence. Which is just a bit yeah. much. If I, I mean, like, this is the thing, I can't really... I don't know, I want to criticise it, but at the same time it's like, well, it is horror, but at the same time it's like, that is kind of the easy way out with horror, but whatever. I, I refrain from having too much of an opinion. Outlast 2 uh, is, is, again, with the the camera mechanic and the night vision. Um, you you obviously... you I think it starts out as you basically having a conversation with people... And then something you hear like something horrible, like oh no, there's, they're here, and then that you get attacked or whatever, and then you you wake up falling down a hill, and then you you find yourself in basically Kill Billy country, and there's like burning crosses and it's really edgy, and there's blood and like there's like I've been waiting to see how long he's used the word edgy in this podcast. Yeah, yeah, you've lasted it, quite well. Thank <laughs> you. Thank, well, I ha- I've barely said anything so far, so I'm not sure if that's a fair fair timer, but okay. But yeah, and like, it's, it's, I saw the gameplay being played by someone at IGN who was not very good at video games. <laughs> I mean, like, I saw some people in the YouTube comments going, oh, this is like fucking Polygon's Doom, like, 4 gameplay all over again, which was atrocious, but it was nowhere near as bad as this, like, like, the IGN video I saw of, of Outlast 2 was fine compared to the Doom 4 gameplay. But yeah, and it just seems like more of the same, but it's, it's instead of being in a, a mental institution, it's 
like demonizing people who live out in whoop whoop and because they're all like mutant like satanists who murder babies and stuff <laughs> yeah and yeah and you're kind of wandering around like this weird kind of farmy rural like sh- like collection of shacks and you can't get in the doors and then there's a spoopy noise and uh, like you just can't fucking see anything because you know oh you run out of night vision batteries and and it gets progressively more and f- more fucked up. And Are you then... outside? Yeah, you're outside. Can you wait till daytime? No. Or is it just perpetual nighttime? I think it's perpetual nighttime. I mean, from from the gameplay trailer, at least, it looks yeah. like it might be. But at the same time, it's really weird with its displacement. In the way that it's like, you wander around outside, and then suddenly you, like, you fall into this hole, and then this the, the thing you're in falls over, and you're in a school classroom. And you crawl out, and you're just in this, like classroom and you're like okay and everything's well lit and you go out and like it's completely dark outside and then like this weird supernatural shit starts happening and not really to spoil anything about the first outlast but there were there was a bit of a supernatural element but nothing too egregious it was kind of like sciencey supernatural um whereas this looks like to be straight fucking like just oh ghosts and goblins and boogie woogie woos Belugi-woogie-woogie. Belugi-woogie. I'm still I'm stealing that off Yahtzee, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> and, like, you get out into this, this school corridor with all the lockers, and then you hear this... <laughs> like, like I'm not doing it very well, but that's, like, literally how it sounds. It's like this guy just tee-hee-heeing in your ear, and you're like, the fuck, dude? And you find a little music box, and, like, all the lockers start opening and closing, and you run to one end. And then this weird mutant thing, like, jumps you, and then you kind of fall on the floor and then glide forward i think i don't know maybe it was a glitch but it looked really stupid and you're like oh like across the fucking hallway and then like you open a door and there's a well in there and like there's a t- oh no that that's how you get into the school sorry i i've been watching i watched all of these like all these trailers before the podcast so i'm, I'm getting all confused <laughs> So, like, the way you get to the school is, like, you look down a well and a tongue comes out and wraps around you and drags you down. Oh. Yeah. And then you see, like, in the, in the school, you see a little girl running past, like, the door, because that's just horror. Little girls running past oh, doors. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah, and she's like, Little ah! girls are terrifying. Oh, they are frightening, yes. And, like, you, you go out and you follow her and you look down and then she's, like, hanging from an air vent and then a tongue comes down. And then from takes, her? No, it's, like, from the ceiling and it takes her away. And it's so fucking funny. <laughs> and it's, just, it's just like oh, and it's just like okay, and then you go and look in the door, and some and basically the family man from Resident Evil Seven grabs you and throws you down a fucking like into a basement. It's it's really weird. And then there's the famous cornfield scene where you're you're out in the cornfield and you're running around and everyone's looking for you. So that's like it's nighttime. There's torches. Jason. Jason. Yeah, basically, <laughs> but they want to murder you. Oh, okay. And like. You like it, it always ends the same way. At least like I've seen like three different gameplay like videos, and they all in the same way. Where you fall down a hill, and this creepy woman grabs you, and then uses a pickaxe to basically demolish your dong. Ugh. She basically just crack and then belts Ugh. you in the head. Wow. Yeah, it's like it's like okay, yeah. Well, red barrels just seem to have a weird vendetta against the penis. They hate dicks. <laughs> I don't know what they have against dicks, but they just don't like them. They're just bad things happening to penises is basically the subtitle for the Outlast series. <laughs> Outlast 2, bad things happening to penises. Again. <laughs> Again. This time with pickaxes. Uh, uh, but they, they, t- they tend to, yeah, they basically, they went to 11 in the first one with just, like, and, and Whistleblower with just, like, 
genital mutilation. It's like, you've got nowhere to go and you fucking know it. Although I am kind of worried because, like, at the start, there is, like, a female you're talking to. Like, there's there's a woman. I think her name is Liz. And, like, your, your guy's talking to her. And I'm like, okay, so you've immediately introduced the concept of a woman being there, and you you've you started at eleven with the dick mutilation. Are you gonna go like proper? I'm witnessing sexual violence now. That's kind of what I'm worrying. I mean, it's, it's all speculation, but I can't help but feel maybe it's gonna go in that direction. And I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even gonna dwell on that because yeah, I don't fucking know. But Question yeah. for you on that one then, because mm-hmm. I honestly can't tell with about how you're describing it. Do you think this is good or not? I can't, oh, I I can't work to. out whether you're whether you're enjoying this because it's good or because it's not good. Or... Oh no, no, like, I'm not. I'm not particularly uh, wowed just, by it. Yeah, it's just okay. kind of like, well, uh, I, I just think that they're, they're amping up the shock value a bit too much, mm. and okay. I, that kind of is an instant turn off for me. I'm not really interested, but I'll give it. I'll give it a try. I'll, well, you mean I'll, I'll give it a try? You'll give it a try. <laughs> I, I mean, watch. I mean, like I'll I'll let it have a chance. Is what yeah. I'm saying. I mean, I want I want it to be. I'd like it to be good because Outlast One is a game I have complex feelings about. Mm. <laughs> because I think, do you hide in lockers a lot? Yes. yes. Yeah, I remember you yeah. playing that one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I quite like. I quite. I'm like... sure there's more to the gameplay as well. Yeah. Oh, there really very isn't much. Because <laughs> I, I mean, the big problem with Outlast One was that it was too. I felt was that it was too long. Um, basically, the game had one trick, which was. You're walking around an area and then suddenly someone starts chasing you and you have to run away and try and find something yeah. and scrabble around and like and get away and get around them. The problem with that is is that once you've died once to that, then it stops being scary or shocking because you know what happens and you're just like, okay, well, I've got to do it again. And then it becomes frustrating very, very quickly. And I, I think there is a bit of a personal thing with me but. I've... You are weird when it comes to horror. Well, that, I, you I don't get scared. Well, no, I can get scared by things, but it only happens once, and then once I've I, I've experienced that, then it's not going to happen again. And so the fact that the game was kind of the same thing over and over again, and then everything else was really just shock. It was like, oh, okay. Like well, there's, there's really... a nucleus of a really cool game in there, mm. but well, mm. that's the thing. It's like I've, I've kind of soured a little bit on Outlast, like as, as time's gone by, because it, it is a bit lazy. Oh, absolutely. But, um, like, I mean, I remember the first time I saw it, I was just like, fucking hell, that Night Vision looks real, and oh my god, that's so good. Because it's, yeah, it's an indie developer, right? It's mm. only... Mm. Yeah, so Red Barrel. Re- relatively small developer. Yeah. Mm. Red Barrel, though, yeah. Yeah, but, I, but this this new one, it's like, I mean, they've got an interesting new thing, which is a sound indicator, which is like, on your on your uh, camera HUD, it's like a left, it's got L and R, and then it's got levels. Which is like, that's quite cool, because it'll tell you where a sound is coming from. Could they not do that with sound? Yeah, well, <laughs> shut up. Well, presumably they would as it's well. It's nice to see a visual yeah, okay. representation of it. But it yeah. just makes it feel more. I don't know. Does that not detract from it? Like if you're, if it's meant to be like immersive and horrible. Well, that's but... only if you got your camera. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's only on the camera. Okay, well, I get it. Sorry. But yeah, um, so yeah, I'm I'm hoping they're not just going to go. Let's just make it shocking and people will like it, and actually try and make a good game. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know yet. I'm just hoping it's going to be okay. But speaking of, of, of shocking and stuff, I want to talk about Agony, which is a, a horror game that I've uh, I've seen trailers of. I have watched those with you, those trailers. Uh, okay, so Agony is like, you are presumably sent to hell. I think that's what it is, but the sound balancing in the fucking gameplay trailer is so bad, I can't hear a fucking word of what the protagonist is saying. 
So it's like you're kind of you start off in like free fall, and he's like, and then I like, don't think that's the protagonist. I think it's just a narrator. Really, I, I can't fuck. This is the thing. I can't tell. I can't fucking tell because the sound balancing is so shit. I can't hear the guy talking over the fucking yeah. sound effects. And he's just like, <laughs> you know, that stereotypical fucking gruff bullshit voice. And it's like the premise seems to be you 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 have to escape from hell. And that's not generic. That's, that's no, right. no, no. It's it's an interesting enough <laughs> idea, but like you you like land and you're you're naked and you're like everything is blood and bone and that's it's that's the level design it's blood bone and darkness and it's like okay this is really right okay and you know it's really slow when you like bones catch fire so like you pull like a bone out of a, a little campfire and it's like a torch which is like it's hellfire so i can kind of get around that yeah and it's basically everything's dark i can't see two feet in front of me and the walls are bleeding and it's like, it's, it tries to do the kind of like, it feels like it's really trying to ape like Silent Hill's other world with like squelchy weirdness mm. um, and just weird demons and stuff. Like the first like enemy um, you encounter, at least from the trailers, is like this weird booby thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can tell it's striking fear into your heart. But it's. Boobs are terrifying. They are frightening. They are, they are the worst. But like. So there's weird noises and stuff, and you go through this this squelchy area, and you hear a, a scream, and you throw your torch down, and there's this. It's like it has the body of a woman, so it's got it's got a perky set of boobs and a great ass, and it comes in, <laughs> and it's got this horrible kind of like uh, goat skull that kind of splits in half and has teeth. It kind of looks yeah. like something from Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, a little okay. bit. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like, when you first see it, it is so well lit, and it you just it just stays there, and like they're looking at it going, there's some stonkered pair of tits you got there, big frightening <laughs> monster. And it's just immediately, by just looking at it in, in all of its glory, mm. you're like, oh, that's not scary. Just, just by looking at it and just going, yeah, there it is. Well, the other thing is, is that when you've got a world that seems to be entirely made out of blood and bone and uh, and like bits of, of human Hands bodies, and shit, yeah. like it kind of loses. Like by the time you've got to the end of the trailer, nothing of what it's showing you is kind of shocking or scary. It's just like, well, you just show me lots of blood. Yeah. At a certain point, once a certain level of blood has occurred in a game, it, you're basically just playing Doom. That's the thing, it's, it looks like really slow, boring Doom, where you mm. don't have a BFG, and it's like, uh, I'm really not interested in it, because it's like, I, I've seen several gameplay trailers for this, where, where it's all like, oh, it's a, look at the creeping horror and the atmosphere, which totally I don't, I'm not getting. And then, like, there's another one that's like, take control of demons to vanquish, and it's like, basically trying to sell it as like a, a action horror game, and it's like, well, what is it? Fucking pick one, and I'm just... I, I saw someone at PC Gamer, I wish I could find the article, but they were basically like, yeah, people are comparing this terrifying, like, like plunge into depravity to Silent Hill. And I, I'm like, ooh, which is what made me watch it in the first place. And I'm like, Okay, I was going to say, fuck off. how did you pick out this game to watch? Well, yeah. it was basically, like, labelled as, like, this, this is, is so demented. Ma- yeah, major trigger warnings here. This is, like, the like, the most horrific, like, game like, of the year sort of thing. Yeah, and like, the trailer is genuinely so frightening, so watch yourself. And I was like, ooh! And then I watched it and I was like, this is so fucking boring. <laughs> this is so bad. It's, it's scary if you consider that blood is the most terrifying thing to exist. That's the thing I find with really bad, like, horror games. They think blood is scary. 
It's like, no, it's, it's like it's, you have to use blood in a very specific way to make it scary. It's not just blood equals horror. Blood in a context in which you are not expecting it is usually scarier than blood everywhere, all the time, forever. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, that looks fucking terrible. I mean, I, again, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm really not impressed by what I've seen. Which, like, talking about all squishy stuff, which leads me to Scorn, which is another Spooky Horror Games... <laughs> Which is Have actually... Have you actually spent the last few weeks just watching horror game trailers? Yeah. Why? Okay. What of it? <laughs> I had to do something with my time. But yeah. So Scorn, it's like what Agony tries to... What it wishes it could be. At least from first impressions anyway. So Scorn is... I don't know what the fuck it's about, but it's basically, again, kind of the, the landscapes and the environments are very squelchy and very... Bioorganic, very uh, Giga-esque. Very Giga, yeah. And it's like you're playing as this re- weirdly guy who looks like he doesn't have any skin, and everything's organic. So you get like yeah. a, a gun that's made out of bone and cartilage at one point, and it's just like so gross. It's perfect. It's it's like body horror taken to the nth degree, and it's like I don't I haven't seen barely anything about that game, and like just just the trailer, but it's like. It's caught my interest, because it's like, that is disgusting, and I never want to see it again. Good job. You know? uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it, it, what makes that like, different to Agony, because I'm, I'm describing it as, uh, like, I, just like, just describing it to people, they can sound like they're very, very similar, but we're arbitrarily saying one is shit and one looks good. Yeah, that does yeah, sound but, like it. But I think the, the big difference is, is that whereas Agony is just gore, just everywhere, just for no particular, just seemingly to no real end and with no nothing to compare it to, whereas Scorn appears, like I say, I was compared to H.R. Giga's work, and the guy made Alien, well, the Alien designs and things. Yeah, his, yeah. his artwork was always very kind of biomechanical, very hyper-sexualized, mm. gross kind of stuff. But yeah, so it's just weird shape, uh, weird shapes, and these they're very obviously organic, and there's minor parts of blood but it's and, and gore, but it's very small parts of it compared to this this weird just alien landscape um almost uh when you hear things described in like alien landscapes and say like a lovecraft story you know you're getting into that kind of territory of these these things that are so alien and weird that you can't even work out what it's supposed to be but it's obviously organic and it's obviously got a purpose as opposed to just this is hell and it's made out of hands because yeah, we thought that'd be scary. <laughs> I love it. This is hell and it's made out of hands because. Uh... Well, literally, some of the areas in, in Agony are made out. No, of hands. seriously, yeah. And then there's like, it's like there's, there is like another monster which is like a frog with like loads of human arms, and it's just so underwhelming. And I saw the protagonist's ding dong <laughs> when he got attacked by that. So it's like, yeah, we need more male nudity in games. Maybe not in horror games, but just in games in general. But yeah. Um, also, talk about Allison Road. Now, this is a fucking messy one because Allison Road was originally kickstarted. Um, this was like it's a very PT esque kind of game okay. where it looks really realistic. You're stuck in a house. Was it kickstarted after PT? I don't. Yes, no, I, I think believe so. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so it was kickstarted, and they they cancelled the Kickstarter because Team Seventeen were like, "Look, you don't need to kickstart this. We'll give you the money for it." Because, you know, this obviously has a lot of potential. And it, it, like, I, like, they, they did release like a 12-minute gameplay trailer, which was very PT, but at the same time, they got what made PT frightening. Yeah. Well, so, it's fine to be PT, because that's not going to be a thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's that, like, you know what, if someone else wants to make something like that, 
Cool. Exactly. So I've got I've got no problem with that. And it looked really good. It was progressive, like walking through a house, very quiet and things would it, it amped up the scares. I can thoroughly recommend watching the Allison Road trailer because it is very scary, very good. Um, good ending as well. And Team Seventeen picked it up, uh, so they were making that for a while. Then Team Seventeen dropped them because there were rumours I don't know if these have been confirmed, but apparently they were just blowing money left, right, and centre and being really fucking bad with money. So Team 17 just went, yeah, fuck off. And then it was cancelled. And it was like, oh, shit. Okay, fine. Then they rebooted again with the uh, the main guy and his wife made a studio. And yeah, we're doing it under this studio. Also, we're back on Kickstarter. <laughs> right, okay. So, yeah. So they had the, the, the original Kickstarter was cancelled before it was finished. So yeah, people yeah. hadn't Okay, so people mm. haven't paid for it. And now they've booted yeah. it up again. I mean, they had the decency to cancel the original Kickstarter when they got, like, a, a producer. Yeah, okay. Like, yeah. like a, a production company on board. So it's like... But yeah, and, and there's one last one I want to talk about, which I'm actually kind of low-key hyped for, which is Visage. Now, this... Mm. This is Sounds cool. edgy. Oh! <laughs> you're not wrong, drummer! Okay, maybe it's a little edgy. But mainly, I think it's like... I'm a bit of a mark for this story, mainly because it's like... Set in the eighties, haunted house kind of shit. Again, very, very PT. Um, but like, they start out like the gameplay trailer with 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 text that says, you know, basically uh, a murder, like a death that has a lot to do with hate, basically blights the ground. So and that's like that's like one of my favorite things from like Japanese horror stories, where if basically someone gets horribly murdered, like in an area, then that it's like it scars that area. So that's why they haunt it, because, you know, shit went down and blah, they're angry and shit. So Nearly like, every Japanese horror is based around that, that basic yeah, belief. Yeah, and I, I think that's a really cool idea. So it's kind of based on that, and, like, it, it does sound really cringy and a bit edgy on the actual website, because it's <laughs> like, um, oh yeah, like, loads of previous inhabitants keep getting horribly murdered. Oh well, it's probably fine. But then you move in and... Oh! <laughs> it's like okay, right. why? Why would I? Li- okay, fine. Um, but no, oh, I really, really do like the look of this one because it's again, it's very much like Alison Rhodes um, and PT's kind of gameplay, where it's like it's very quiet and you're kind of wandering through a house because it's fucking PT. Of course, you're wandering through a house, and shit starts slow, like weird stuff starts happening. Um, and like, the, like I saw, there's an extended gameplay trailer of Visage where you basically get locked in the closet of your bedroom, and like, it's I don't want to spoil it, but it's just like it is so well done and so frightening. I was like, oh yes, I'm never sleeping again, but well done, very good. And the other one I showed you just before we started where um, it's quite a short one. It's four minutes and 44 seconds where you're wandering through the house. Mm. And then you're like, like there's, it's, it's very, very PT with the way that it's obviously you know, set in the 80s. So there's like VHS tapes around. There's people right. with stupid hair, like photos of them <laughs> on the wall. Hair. 80s fucking hair. And like, you know, you hear like a, a tape being thrown and you turn around and there's like nothing there. And, and then you, you look at the TV and it's like two little girls being all sweet and, you know, like, like I think they're at like a wedding or something, and then it turns into an eye, and you look above like the um, the TV, and there's like this this featureless black thing le- like lurching out of the painting at you for like a split second, and you're like, oh, oh my, 
And then you turn back, and like in the kitchen, there's a door that just opens really slowly, and it's like, okay, yeah, it's like just like basically, it's put there. Like every little thing is just there to freak me out personally, which I can't help but admire. <laughs> and yeah, I am, I am quite excited for that one because it looks like because a lot of things have tried to ape PT. Yeah. Um, with the whole, oh, it's the non-Euclidean geometry and woo, spooky and babies crying and like some people have straight up just copied what PT did, but you can tell they don't understand what made PT scary, which was just the, you know, the slow amp up the atmosphere of just confusion and not knowing what was happening and the never, like, I, I like the, um, the, when you don't see something, but there's obviously some kind of low grade menace going on. So yeah, like someone slams a door. Something knocks a, a cup off a table. It's like that like, like low-grade temper tantrum that poltergeists have. <laughs> that freaks me out. And and then when it gets to like the the top kind of like oh I'm just gonna come out and talk to you in the face and like like I don't know throw your cat out the window or fucking whatever. It's just kind of like eh. So I, I hope they deal they do that well. But yeah, that that's I think that's out March next year. And I'm, I really, really want that to be good because it looks really good. It does also seem to have some, some actually very silent, hilly elements of going to, uh, of like bits of your house, then leading to an otherworldly type, like situation. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Mm. So I'm very interested in that. Mm. And that. And that's what I've been doing. I've literally just been watching horror <laughs> gameplay trailers and playing Banished and The Sims because the last couple of weeks have been horrible so I've just been wanting to play nice happy games <laughs> and watch horrifying <laughs> gameplay trailers yeah. I like to live life in extremes what can I say <laughs> well we could also talk about the Lord Inquisitor prologue which I'm sure a few people maybe might be interested to hear about <laughs> yeah I guess some of the listeners may, may, may care about 40k maybe, maybe, maybe one or two of them at best I don't know if you guys know but Warhammer 40,000 is a tabletop war game <laughs> it's yeah, we like it I guess um <laughs> But yeah, so um, The Lord Inquisitor, the long-awaited fan film, um, has, 3D fan. yeah, um, 3D rendered, um, animated. Um, I think it is going to be it is going to be a full movie, like an hour and a half sort of length. Um, the prologue for that has finally come out. It's I think it's nine minutes long. I think it's about that. Something yeah. like that. Uh, showing just the intro, uh, the intro to it, and it's officially licensed by Games Workshop. I was, that, I was um, about to ask. They, they've <laughs> how long till Games Workshop says no? Uh, they've officially given it their their um, their blessing. Oh, cool. um, uh, That's uh, very un Games Workshop. I know. Yeah. It's suspicious. <laughs> What's the catch? <laughs> um, I mean, Aaron Damsky Bowden. Um, who is a black library writer? Very good. He's writer. A, he actually has done some work on the screenplay. Okay, nice. Um, so, and he's 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 my favourite writer for the black that's library. So, and mm. that's that's a good sign. But it's mostly made by one guy, um, Erasmus Brosdale, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And yeah, it's kind of it's interesting to see because basically what it has mostly done is made the Ultramarines movie. Look amateurish. <laughs> well, it was even at the time, but yeah. this is just really fucking final nail in the coffin. Holy shit! Like, like basically, like one guy makes something so fucking beautiful. And I mean, you guys, you guys had a fucking team. So I, I mean, he does like work for Crytek or something. So like, he's not a completely amateur or anything. But yeah, and and they should have gotten the guys who did the fucking Space Marine movie, Ultramarines. You know. 
I'm not being funny, but if they didn't get people who knew how to use 3D modeling programs, <laughs> then that's not really like. Well, you know, yeah. it's like. <sighs> I was like, yeah, but like they did just hire like people who worked at Tesco to make Ultramarines. <laughs> then fair enough. That would explain things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, that was also uh, the screenplay for that was also written by a Black Library writer, but that was um, Dan Abnett. But yeah, so that, that's finally come out and it's looking quite good. Um, like the only the only issue I think there really is with it is that it's some of its sound design is a little bit iffy. Mm. I will. I'll, I'll be the dick and say it. It looks fucking perfect, but the lip syncing's a bit off, and the voice acting I don't think is up to the rest of its quality. You know, I think the more of the issue is like is that it's to do with like I was saying that the actual um, the sound design itself of like the volumes of everything. Like I think that I think the voice acting like wouldn't stand out as much for you if it was a little bit better blended into the overall mix. Because yeah. the mu- yeah. I mean the music's fantastic. The music's great. Um, and everything you're seeing is fantastic. I mean, the, the lip sync's a little bit off, but but yeah, the uh, but the the sound effects, like like say, there's a, there's a, a um, vase that's knocked off the side at one point, and it smashes, and it just sounds like a really low quality mm. free audio. Yeah, file. Yeah, it doesn't. There's not quite. It doesn't quite sound together. It sounds like there's lots of separate fi- yeah. files, which obviously it is. But I don't know. Maybe it's, it needs to be. It doesn't mastered, sound very cohesive. Or it needs to be, yeah, exactly. There's not. It's. Yeah, I mean the thing is, this is this is just a preview of it. So hopefully yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll fix those things, yeah. and maybe like some of the sound effects, like the gun sound effects, sound a bit stock. I know, I know it's like a really nitpicky thing to 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 point out, but those that's sort of things. Sign of it being quite good, though. Yeah, you know, being nitpicky about little things. Yeah, so well, that, like, that's okay. it. Like the the visuals on it, are fantastic. I mean, there's like a little thing I, I mentioned it on Twitter when it came out. Like the walk cycle of the dreadnoughts is the most believable walk cycle I've ever seen for them because it's very obvious when the orig- original models that were made. Like the, the the original big chunky pieces of metal, mm. like they were never designed, like they never thought about how they'd actually be able to walk. And so every video game or something that's had to put them in it, they've always walked a bit goofy. Because... And by walked a bit goofy, you mean waddle like a toddler? Yeah, <laughs> they're like. Dit, 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 dit. Whereas, like they finally ma- like uh, this guy's finally managed to make a walk cycle for a dreadnought that looks right and makes them look big and heavy and and like threatening doesn't look silly mm. and so it's like yeah good work and yeah the um, imperial fist space ranger and it looks really great as well i think the lord inquisitor himself looks pretty badass as well yeah i always forget how i like his i name. can't remember his fucking name but he looks really good and yeah the space marines look phenomenal and this the imperial yeah, holy terror looks like shit which is a massive compliment because <laughs> it's supposed to be <laughs> shitty and horrible mm. And it's just like big towering spires and horrifying fog. So it's like, yeah, no, that looks perfect, and I love it. Yeah. It's so grim, dark, and beautiful. And I, I am really looking forward to see how the final thing works out. Because I mean, I've seen, like, you know, we, we've done, we've obviously done videos on Inqui- on Inquisitor and um, Ultramarines, the two official Games Workshop movies, and I've I've watched Damnatus or Damnatus. I'm not sure how you're supposed to pronounce it. Which is the German fan film that oh, yeah. got mm-hmm. shut down. And there was that other one that came out recently. Was it Exterminatus it was called? I think so. That short film that was a live-action film that was also a fan film. Like, so I've seen quite a lot, and this one's looking like it's probably going to be the best out of all of them, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. And from what I've seen, at least in terms of like its general look and tone. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, like we don't really know that much about the story yet. Like, what's what's the overarching story? I think it might be next year. It's coming out. I might be entirely wrong about that. I should know since I've <laughs> got the t- since I, I did a comic for for the dude like uh, for the Facebook page for the Lord Inquisitor oh, okay. a couple of years back. So yeah, I've actually like... got him on Facebook. So I should fucking know about this. <laughs> Full disclosure. Full disclosure and all that. Mm. 
But no, it does look it does look like it's shaping up to be really good. Yeah, so that that, that should be interesting. It looks really good, and I I hope that like the preliminary kind of like issues we have with it are ironed out because yeah, yeah. I mean I, I reckon they will be, but like yeah, just I'm really looking forward to it. Yes, absolutely. But that said, we should probably go. Yes. We should probably. We have been we've been sitting here for on drummer Matt's house for a little while, <laughs> for a, for a bit too long, and you probably want to get home and I don't know. Cook. Well, yeah, you say that. Um, I brought a gift. Oh. Mm. Okay. Oh. Yeah, on the memory stick. It's oh. a memory test. Oh, a memory test. Remember what we were talking about last week? No. <laughs> I remember that last week, last episode. I was being a narcissist and listening to it on the way hit on the, on the earlier, and I was like, "Oh yeah, we should totally watch that." What did we say that we would both defend to the end of the earth? I don't remember. Memory test? We're going straight to the Wild Wild West. Oh my god. <laughs> yes, I've downloaded it. I brought Wild Wild West because Ruth hasn't seen it either. Excellent. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> so that I'm quite excited. Did okay, I fuck the podcast. <laughs> yeah, go so watch we Wild need to leave immediately okay. and then have all of our nostalgia ruined because it's yeah. going to be terrible it is going what was to be it terrible. you referred to us as we are all millennials <laughs> yeah yeah okay and with that note um please <laughs> go away and don't forget to do your homework <laughs> bye. bye bye oh my god <laughs> <laughs> fucking wiki wiki wild wild west dream west desperado <laughs> <laughs> every time <laughs> you can't not do it <laughs>